So I wanted you guys to be the first to hear about the launch of my brand new groundbreaking ADHD women's wellbeing hormone series. Now you may have seen me talk about it on social media, but the VIP mailing list is now open. So I want you guys to be the first to be able to get all the information. You're going to get the early bird pricing and you're also going to get a bonus workshop with me, a bonus live workshop. I've been listening to you and from my own experience as well, I found there's very little to be able to connect the dots between our health, our well-being, and our hormones as ADHD women. So I have interviewed specialists, experts, and thought leaders in their areas all about women's health hormones and the intersection with neurodivergence and ADHD in women. This is a groundbreaking series. It's all on video, but you can also listen to it on audio. And you're going to learn how to manage your ongoing hormone, energy, and lifestyle challenges alongside your ADHD. And I've created this video series so you can finally access the guidance from experts to help validate what you have experienced with your hormones and offer you clear advice and support to move forwards with self-leadership and positivity to reclaim control of both your physical and your mental health. So please head to the show notes or my website, adhdwomenswellbeing.co.uk to see the link. If you click on that, you will be on the VIP mailing list. So you get that early bird offer. Now this early bird offer is only open for a few days and then it's going to go up to the full price. So I wanted to make sure that anyone that listens to this podcast gets this offer. You have then got access to my bonus workshop where I'm going to be discussing and answering questions from all the different insights from the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Hormone Series. I promise you, you are not going to want to miss this. I've not seen anything else out there like what I've created, and you are going to learn so much about how to empower and support, and most importantly, advocate for yourself with regards to perimenopause, hormones, energy, autoimmune issues, and ADHD. So head to my website, adhdwomenswellbeing.co.uk, and sign up for the VIP launch. Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and I'm a well-being and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and passionate about helping more women to understand and accept their amazing ADHD brains. After speaking to many women just like me, and probably you, I know there is a need for more health and lifestyle support for women newly diagnosed with ADHD. In these conversations, you'll learn from insightful guests, hear new findings, and discover powerful perspectives and lifestyle tools to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm, and purposeful life wherever you are on your ADHD journey. Here's today's episode. So hi everyone, welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, I'm your host and I'm here for another insightful, fascinating episode. And today I have a guest, her name is Amanda Perry. And Amanda is a serial entrepreneur and ADHD advocate, I like you already. And following her diagnosis in 2020, she set about creating a life that worked with her brain instead of against it. She now helps other founders create their own version of success, balancing the value of time, energy and money. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. I absolutely love that biog and everything is short, but it says so much. And I know that um, this conversation is going to be very powerful because I 
there's so many people that listen to this that are entrepreneurs themselves or are thinking about being an entrepreneur because working for other people, working in the corporate is just so hard for them mentally, you know, physically, emotionally. And I really want to be able to talk about the well-being side of setting up your own business, being an entrepreneur, thriving in business, but also thriving at life as well. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no, thank you for allowing me and not even inviting me. I feel like I've, I've had it in my mind for ages and I finally messaged. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's, it's such a great resource for people. I love it. Thank you. Well, what I wanted to maybe start is we mentioned before that you were diagnosed in 2020. I think I was also diagnosed then as well. And I wondered, first of all, what led you to that, your diagnosis? But it, you sort of insinuate that you shifted your whole life. And you yeah. almost created like an exit strategy from your previous job career into something now mm. that works much more for you and for your brain. Can you give us a little snapshot as to what was going on, you know, three years ago? So I've been in business for 15 years and I feel like in those 15 years, I've like shame squeezed my round peg into a square hole. You know, I've just like beaten myself up, trying to be better, trying to be better at planning and then probably five or six years someone mentioned to me that they'd got an ADHD diagnosis a friend of mine a, a female friend of mine and I hate to admit this but I just thought don't be ridiculous that's little I mean there was like nothing known about it then I said ADHD and she said the reason I'm telling you is because I really think you need to speak to someone about it and I just kind of dismissed it I thought it stayed in my mind but I just dismissed it and then a member of my family started talking about it, started researching it more and mentioned it to me. And three members of my family ended up getting diagnosed at the same time. We all kind of, which, do you know, I'm so grateful for. I speak to so many people who got diagnosed alone. Their family don't believe them. They think it's ridiculous or made up or everyone's a little bit ADHD. So I'm so glad that I had that support system to to kind of navigate that journey. And I think at the time I had my marketing agency, which had grown really, really rapidly through lockdown, which was obviously that year. The set, so we were kind of coming to the end of 2020 and I got my diagnosis. And I don't know about you, but at the beginning it was just, I was like, oh, okay, I have got it. I'd researched loads. I was pretty sure I had they confirmed it and I had a bit of a I feel like there was a couple of months around that time where I just didn't really take it in it took a while to kind of settle in and then it was just like hitting a brick wall the kind of the grief the sadness the the sense of just deep deep sadness for me as a child like thinking and all through my life you just I don't know about you but having these flashbacks of things that happen you think oh my god that was it or that and for my mom understanding more about it and the guilt for her kind of not recognizing it in us as, as children so there's so much to it I think it took me a while to really understand how it impacted me on my day-to-day -day business I had a big team I had a lot of clients RSD is a huge huge issue for me and so I was in this daily game of pinball where I just didn't know where I was going to be fired off every day I walk into the office to and I, I 
I haven't really talked about this publicly because there are a lot of people involved. You know, I did have a team and and a lot of them did a great job. And, you know, it's hard to explain it without sounding like you're saying was other people's fault, Yeah, which I'm not saying at all. It was going into that situation every day and just not knowing what you were going to be faced with. Um, I soon realised I just had to change. And I really, really tried to mask more, <laughs> you know, and carry on and just, well, come on, you know, yeah, it's ADHD, but you're a 40 odd year old woman. You need to, like, we've always been told, just work a bit harder at this and cover up with this and, you know, just fake it till you make it, like carry on. And it just got to the point where I thought the key thing I think now is once you have that information about yourself, you owe it to yourself to change your life to work with it. It's like, who else in life gets this huge piece of information telling them how their brain works and how how they should kind of live their life or how they can make their life easier? So it was about a year long process from kind of being in that stage of of denial right through to the point where I finally sold the business. And that definitely didn't come without its its challenges and, you know, obstacles. But my God, I just, I mean, if I could bottle the feeling I have now, I could sell it for millions. <laughs> you know? yeah. If I give everyone that sense of, I guess I have to caveat it with privilege in terms of, you know, being able to do the work I do from home, but it's not about money. It's not about, oh, I can choose what I want to do because I have cash. I, ha- I have to make money. You know, it wasn't a huge business sale. Um, so I do still have to work, but it's about creating that work that works for me, doesn't work against me or and my, my nervous system, which I've just realized is everything. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. I mean, I can, I, I'm sort of, as you were explaining that I was sort of picturing in my head and seeing how that was probably all panning out, you know, working in the PR industry for years, I understand how fast paced it is and how you, you know, you're sitting on the edge of the seat of your pants or whatever saying is and every day your nervous system is challenged and I can imagine you're you've got teams that you're managing there's so much on your shoulders and that nervous system is like frayed at the edges and I'm not going to presume but I'm wondering would you consider yourself or did you consider yourself a workaholic at the time oh absolutely and I still really equate my value with productivity you know it's a very thing to un in un enmesh isn't it and kind of unpick um and that god that i mean this conversation could just go in a million directions couldn't it because there's so you know i have 15 years of being in and my business journey is the biggest roller coaster you could imagine my first business i ended up bankrupt then i had a really tough few years then i found huge success that I sold that, but you know, it's a real roller coaster. When I look back now, there's so many moments of that that just uh, uh, a are explained, like just makes so much sense. You know, this just feeling in my first business of utter chaos, just because I put so much energy into stuff. I make almost everything I do, I make it work because I just put so much energy into it to the point of 
killing myself yeah but then it comes to the kind of business side of it and the planning and the admin and i'm i'm lucky to have some really good people around me now but that hasn't been the case like i have i have overlooked situations and got into a lot of trouble which is you know regrettable but if i can help other people not get into those situations then i feel like that's it's kind of my duty to do that yeah you know thank you for your honesty and i think absolutely right so many people will learn from this and the fact that you've gone through those different experiences and you've experienced you know success you've you've experienced more challenging times and now with hindsight you're able to look back and see where the adhd came into play whether there was sort of impulsivity or just purely just not being out of your depth just certain things just we struggle with lots of things we're fantastic at but i think with awareness of adhd we are then okay it's okay to delegate it's okay to acknowledge that is not my finest um thing and we can delegate so what's interesting is that you are using all your experience now and you're helping other adhd entrepreneurs and i want to be able to sort of say that your story as obviously everyone's story is, is very personal and unique i hear this a lot i hear this so much that especially women, you know, they're at the brink of burnout, they put their value and their worth in, in their career, because it's it's taken them a lot of effort to get there. And it feels like it's been exhausting. And they have all this potential and all these ideas, and all this energy, and they sort of channeling it and funneling it. And it's exhausting when we are kind of like, we don't know what's going on, we don't understand why, why we keep hitting those same challenges. So when we get the awareness of the ADHD, it's like, okay, now I understand. And we're able to give ourselves that forgiveness and we're able mm. to say, okay, like now I, now I know what not to do. So is that what you're, I guess, that is, is that how you work now? Because I want to speak to the, the entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast. I want to speak to the people who are working in jobs in um, corporate positions where they are just it's not purpose-driven, they are feeling like their soul is being sapped dry, that they're doing something that just goes completely against everything, you know, I, at this, I always talk about this alignment, and I'm thinking about one particular client at the moment who says that she's at the top of a game, but there's just no purpose, all she wants to do is work in, in a purpose-driven job, but that means that she's got to um, leave the corporate environment, she's got to probably retrain, huge amount of fear around money, around, um, mortgage around supporting yourself you know there's all these practicalities but when we've got an ADHD brain I do notice that it all kind of falls into place when we are living more in alignment with the way we want to work in the environment that we want to work in so how mm. do you help people make that transition I guess from making that awareness seeing themselves seeing their challenges seeing that what they're good at and then making that transition into being I guess working in the way that that works for them and works you know with their brain yeah it's a bit of a three-step process for me well four steps so the first step for me is where are we now like what is actually going on now I'm really digging into that not just what the business is or what the career is but what what bits of it do you love when you look at your calendar what's like a good day for you what bits do you really thrive in because I think it's easy as um my goodness i've learned this from sharing more about adhd over the last few weeks on instagram but one thing about adhd that we seem to overlook is everyone experiences it differently don't they i can't work with someone and assume that they love the bits that i love so that's the first step the second step is 
where do we want to get to if we know what that looks like where do we want to get to in terms of is that a feeling is it a specific revenue goal is it a career is it a different career that they know about the key part for me is about creating our own personal rules and these are like non-negotiables these are you know the thing at a career fair where someone says what do you want to do these are the the starting point for us so that might be my rsd is a huge issue i can't work in an office around people or I have a really young family. They're my key priority now. I know if I try and do too much, that's going to suffer. And that is my non-negotiable. You should come up with like three or four rules. And then it's about putting all of that together. So starting with the rules and making a plan to get to that end point. And it might be, I'm very, like I always say, fixed on the destination, flexible on the journey. Mm -hmm. So know where we're going. And the way we get there isn't fixed. It's about kind of feeling it out along the way. But the, the key, key, key part is the rules because so many people create this goal and just get themselves into the same situation again. Like my rules now are working from home, having Friday afternoons off, not having anything in my calendar on a Monday. Um, and just having that time freedom, having the flexibility to still work with people, mm-hmm. but not in an environment where I feel stuck and trapped and surrounded by the wrong people. Um, so that's the key for me is really, really the rules bit. I think that's that's the part that people really overlook and seem to, and that's where we see the patterns repeating themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I love that because I work in a similar vein and it is, it's like, if unless we know those key values, you know, rules, values, whatever you want to call them. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to stop pinpointing, like being super specific. It's just like you say, flexibility, um, freedom, space, um, family, um, you know, it could be creativity. It could be, um, you know, very specific working hours. And like you say, if we don't pinpoint the foundations, then it's all just a bit of a free fall. And especially with ADHD, because I believe that the key to success is understanding those foundations. And it can be any job that you're in, any career, you can be doing anything. But, you know, say someone's values are, you know, if they haven't got kids or family, they want to travel or they, they want to meet new people, they want to work in your environment, then working on your own in at home every day, that's not going to get you there. And so we have to kind of start getting a bit curious. And I, lo- I love all this because then it starts getting like a bit more fun. And, and I really believe that our careers should be fun. I believe that making money fun, it should be exciting. It should be challenging. And with our brains, if we don't have that element of fun, of like excitement, that dopamine, like something new is going to happen, evolving, then we are going to be in that drudgery of life. And some people, you know, lots of neurotypical people, you know, are very happy with everyday game. Like they don't want too much excitement. And that is fine. If that's what works for them, wonderful. I just know maybe just for my, myself speaking, I like to know that there's going to be opportunity, there's going to be involvement, it's going to be like new things, new people. I completely agree. I think one of the things we really overlook in ADHD, and I know it's, this kind of um, goes over into autistic spectrum as well, is like demand avoidance, which is a huge thing, isn't it, when it comes to 
the same task, the repetitive schedule every day, as soon as things become a, a demand and are no longer fun for us, that's it's like me. I don't know about you, but it's a that's a huge thing for me. It just becomes immediate shutdown. Whether I'm the demand, someone else is the demand, my calendar's the demand. It's just immediate shutdown. And I think one of the, you touched on something there, which is a really interesting point. I think people think that. The way we've been taught and the way we've the society makes us think is that if we're going more towards our careers or our businesses being fun, then we have to do that at the expense of making money. And people really don't understand how we can make the two match. Like for someone with ADHD, if you're not having fun, you are not making money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know exactly what you say. If that isn't, if your business or your career isn't challenging you, stimulating you. There is, you are not making money there's no money being made there so I think it's a it goes hand in hand and I'm very much about creating this system so you make more money or so you find more success depending on what that means to you okay so let's get into the nitty-gritty what would you say is an ideal environment for an ADHD entrepreneur to thrive I think it's so everyone's so different yeah, aren't true. they it's a really difficult you know it's not not a great answer one thing i would say just going back a step one area that i'm finding a lot of inquiries conversations supporting people is in the kind of curious slash self-realization um area where they're not they're not diagnosed mm. and they recognize some of the traits and either they're not interested in a diagnosis or they or maybe they can't afford one or waitlist or, you know, all those problems that we know about. Um, but that's one area that I'm finding a lot of people who and, and I personally think that self-diagnosis, self-realization is entirely valid in the system that we're currently living in. And if you recognize a set of traits that shared by a diagnosed community who have been working for years to build systems and find ways around it and understand it a bit more. And you can kind of join that community or piggyback on it, piggyback on those systems to make your life easier. I think like more power to, to those people, you know, in the founder community, there's a lot of women particularly who are in that pre-diagnosis kind of ADHD curious stage that I'm able to help a lot because that's where I can make the biggest changes for people because giving them the systems that I've worked with other founders who are maybe a bit further on with makes such a huge dramatic impact to those people like even just knowing what the traits are and that they are actually traits you're not going mad RSD is a thing demand avoidance Thing. you know executive function is an issue all of those all of the things that that we know we live with every day that's where I'm able to make real progress with people and see the biggest results so just implementing just starting with the foundations the values as we've as we've said it's just understanding that you can create a business in a way that works for you that still aligns with your purpose and your passions and your financial goals and your you know ego driven kind of idea of success 
at the start of it and that that's where i'm seeing the biggest progress with people just really starting from from those foundation points and building from there yeah i mean i think another myth that i think people think if you're going to set up your own business or you're going to be an entrepreneur that it has to be like really complicated and it's got to be like really big and really scary but actually I believe that we are better with simplicity. And I know you're talking about yeah. systems and the word systems does something to my body and makes me go shudder. Because I just think of like scary, like computer systems and all these systems that I don't understand. But I have implemented specific systems, which are very simple to use, which have helped me, you know, a huge amount. And, you know, for me, I have... Um, created a bit of a team around me you know a part-time team where I've been able to delegate to um, because I was trying to do it all I was trying to do it all and I was trying to be it all and I can't I just can't do it anymore and I was listening to a podcast the other day with um, Whitney Wolf Hurd who is the CEO of Bumble and it was really interesting she was talking about how you know she left Tinder and she saw this you know gap in the market for more sort of female empowered dating um, app and she I mean, I'm not going to say she's got ADHD, but she sort of had lots of traits. You know, she said she was a big thinker and all of that and had loads of ideas, but implementing it was was harder. So she's created a team around her, which she said are more educated and way sort of cleverer in that respect, you know, understanding computer systems, understanding app building. And she just comes in with all like the big ideas and sort of the um, maybe sort of problem solving as well. And she said there's no way Bumble would be where it is now if she hadn't curated a team around her that were better than her in all those fields. And I kind of think, you know, we need to just, like you say, remove that ego and go, right, I've got an idea or this is what I'm really good at. And then I need to find people who are better than me in in those other places. And sometimes it is a bit scary because you think, well, I'm not making any money or I'm not paying myself and I'm now I'm paying someone else. but for me, that's always been like, okay, I ha- you have to kind of have a bit of trust, a bit of faith. Where would you say, I mean, I'm interested to hear, you're the specialist in this. What would you say in that respect, if you kind of want to start from scratch? And I know we were just talking off camera just before about, you know, anyone can sh- set up a website, anyone can set up a Shopify. It's yeah. taking it from that place and moving it forwards to something of a success. Yeah. Where would you start with that? If you have got that idea, but you, you're kind of thinking, oh my God, now what? Yeah, I think you make a really valid point. Like simplicity is absolutely key. And I think one of the issues with the ADHD brain is that we can very easily get ourselves into these situations that I've done time and time again, which is why I came up with this kind of rules based system for myself, because we can so easily get into the situation where we have a conversation or we, you know, take on an office or we grow and we grow and we grow and we kind of sleepwalk into these big, scary situations. So I think the first step is just to really understand how you want to work and what that kind of work is and who you're going to be working with, because that's going to determine, you know, you could set up an e-commerce brand, you could build a Shopify website in a day, you could source some products, and that could be a really hands-off-ish business, you know, that could just be something you could have a fulfillment house that looks after the shipping, you could have a marketing agency or you, you know, whatever your skills are. And that could be a fairly hands-off business. Um, A lot of ADHD people I see go into like coaching and those kind of 
company of one kind of businesses, which I think are really, really powerful. But even in those businesses, as you've said, you've now got a team around you, which some people just even the delegation part is just almost impossible for people. I find that really difficult. Yes, so I'm I. definitely guilty of I'll oh, just do it myself. Mm. It's easier. So find where are the mind readers? So I think it's just about it's just about really understanding what's going to work for you and having the courage to change as you go along. I think there's, you know, there's this, um, what's it called, sunk cost fallacy, isn't there, that we have with business, that we put so much money or time into something that we have to prove to people that it's going to work, like it's okay to change. If something's not working for you, if it's not working for you, it's probably not working for the people that you're working with or, or for or, you know, your client. So having that courage to change, I think, is just really important and not enough people do that, particularly with an ADHD brain where change, even change is difficult, isn't it? Even thinking about, you know, I'm going in this direction, the turning circle to kind of pivot or to, to change that is so huge. I wouldn't even really start. So, yeah, I think business is really easy to get into these days. The thing that I see tripping lots of people up is when you do start growing and then you start perhaps hiring or you know have even having to do your tax all that admin stuff so even if it's not a team that you have in place just making sure from the beginning that you have the right support network around you of you know someone who can make sure that your taxes are filed on time and that they're correct and you know um, you're not going to incur fines or late charges and that kind of thing. You know, the same in business. I wonder if there will be a case one day where they recognise how hard it is for, for someone with an ADHD brain and that they are a bit more lenient with these things mm. because it's an obstacle for people. It really is. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, exactly that. And when you're talking about, like, the financial side and the tax and, you know, making sure things are on time, sometimes I do see maybe myself included but in clients um I don't know if you've heard of the term of like the upper limiting where we sort of block our own success I think yeah. it's from the book The Big Leap yeah Gay which, yeah, yeah yeah exactly Gay Hendricks and which is a great book and yeah. that terminology the upper limiting I was like oh okay I can see that where I I actually block success because I fear how I'm going to manage it I fear that I don't have the executive functioning skills or the knowledge or the expertise that that's just something that I can't handle what would you say about that and you maybe just if we can talk about that upper limiting and do you see that as well in your with your client base yeah I do see that and it's really I was having a chat with a friend the other day who is also ADHD and she said to me do you know one thing this year I am happy with that glass ceiling. I am going to find comfort with my head resting on that glass ceiling. I am, and just her saying it, I was like, oh, like I just felt my whole body relax, you know? Maybe we don't have to smash through those upper limits. Maybe those upper limits are there to protect us and to make us feel 
you know, in the, the kind of mindset space, there's like limiting beliefs and there's so many different ways to cut it, aren't there? I do, I do think that people should strive, but I also think there's something really nice about, I'm just going to rest my head on the for a little while, you know, I'm not going to try and try and smash it. That's it. just a really nice, and I put a post out yesterday on Instagram talking about, you know, what if business was gentle? Like, what if the sprints were more of a jog? And it is a bit idealistic, isn't it? Because we all know we want to make money and we, we want to get, maybe we want to get more work done in less time so we can spend more time with family. It is a bit idealistic, but I do think there's a way. And I think the more we kind of point out this ridiculous toxic hustle culture and the more that the people who were the big kind of advocates of that get shown up and highlighted and I just think that there's a more gentle way that isn't about not making money and isn't about but maybe it's about realizing that our energy and our time is as valuable if not more than money you know what if you just had enough yeah This is totally my vibe because, you know, when we break it down like that, yes, we can have a seven figure business, you know, whatever that is. And you could be burnt out, exhausted, ill, on the brink of divorce. You never see your kids and it's not sustainable. And if we want to enjoy our careers, we want to enjoy how we work and there's, you know, hopefully some form of balance that this amble that you talk about, this kind of like gentle jog is probably the most sustainable way of doing it yes it's not glitzy and glamorous and look at me I'm you know smashing and I'm on the front of page of Forbes and all of that and you know there is a place for these people and they maybe these people have got rock solid nervous systems maybe they have got like an amazing team behind them maybe they have a full-time nanny maybe they've got their mum who was around the corner and you know helps them with childcare. maybe they've got a stay-at-home husband or partner or whatever that is but If that's not the case, we can't compare ourselves to something that we're not. So I always just think as I get older and as I get a little bit wiser, I kind of think, you know, what is it that I want to be? Do I want to have 100,000 followers on Instagram? A lot of people have that. And, you know, I don't want that because I don't want to have this pressure to keep showing up. I don't want this pressure to be like, oh, my God, I have to keep feeding and feeding it. So, yeah, going back to your rules of what do you want out of life? Do you want to be constantly in this cycle of burnout? Do you want to be on the brink of exhaustion and anger and irritability and and not not being able to take any time off? Or are you happy with a more kind of low-key existence, but something's feeding your soul and it's purpose-driven? Am I being too idealistic? Sometimes feel like I am, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I've literally just been through that process and you know, my husband says to me every day, you're, you're just like a different person. Like, I just didn't know who was going to come through the door when you come home from the office. And, you know, a day of this is it's the best way I can describe it, this feeling of pinball that you're just being whizzed all over the place kind of uncontrollably and with no, uh, with no autonomy whatsoever. And that what that does to your nervous system, compared to being in control of my own calendar and you know the times that I work and even if that's 
you know, sometimes I will work in the evening because actually I quite like working in the evening because I haven't got emails coming through and it means I can do other stuff during the day. And that's all part of building it on your terms, isn't it? And building it in a way that it can sound idealistic to a lot of people, can't it, when you talk about prioritising your energy or your nervous system. or But once you really realise that that's all we have... <laughs> I mean, that's it's all we have, isn't it? Uh, people people die from dysregulated nervous systems. You know that like stress can actually kill you, and and once you realise that that's all we really have, you realise that it's it's not flippant, is it? Or trite kind of, or even maybe it is privilege. Maybe there is some privilege in there, and being able to work in that way, but the people that we're speaking to in business that that do have that autonomy and they have taken that risk to create their own income and their own revenue streams i think it has to be such a key part of but especially if you have a neurodivergent brain i think it has to be one of the key starting points yeah yeah and i really do believe that there's a huge percentage of entrepreneurs that are probably neurodivergent because they've recognized how they best work. They best work probably on their own, um, managing their own time and kind of like working on their own terms. And I know, mm. and I do believe you're right, there is a privilege there. But what I don't think should be a privilege is recognizing that we do have um, autonomy over our own mental health and over looking after ourselves. And so we are, no matter where you are and what you're doing with your career and who you work for and how you work, being able to recognise and create more of an awareness and more space around, okay, have I got time for daily exercise movement? Have I got time for some breath work? Have I got time to do something creative? Have I got time to just spend some space, you know, time in nature? These are little tiny snippets of awareness that can lead us to understanding ourselves more and understanding what makes us tick better. And so I do believe that it should be a conversation for everybody because we're not talking about, you know, taking time off to go on a retreat in Arizona. You know, we're not, I'm not taking, I'm not saying that, you know, you've got to go to a yoga class every day. This is like free stuff that it's just being a bit more conscious about, which could then lead us to understanding ourselves better and understanding how we want to live better and how we want to work um on our terms and so going back to that sort of adhd brain of ours and being able to work in a way that that helps us that helps us thrive that leads us to more purpose that gives us more of that kind of like soul driven um I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. That that joy when we wake up and want to get up in the morning, and we've got that energy. Yeah. It's it's just getting a bit curious, isn't it? It's just kind of like, well, what makes yeah. me tick? What aren't I doing right now that I know makes me tick, but I've not given time for? Um, and again, you know, going like, you know, I had a client yesterday, and and I was asking her this question, and she said, "Well, I love dancing and I love music." And I said, "Well, when was the last time you did that?" She goes, oh, "For years." And it's just like, well, why don't you just put, crank up some music in the kitchen, just go for a dance yeah. and just see what happens? Yeah. You know, that doesn't cost any money. And so little things like that, I do believe it's like a breadcrumbs, isn't it? It's like you try one yeah. thing and then go, oh, okay. Why don't I just check out a dance class and see what that does? 
Definitely. I think there's also something in there about believing that believing that that way of living is possible. You know, we're so whether it's capitalism or patriarchy, you know, whatever we want to blame it on, we're so conditioned, aren't we, to believe that things have to be hard. Like, and I guess this is where I talk about privilege because I'm very aware that there's people out there working four jobs to make ends meet you know and and i know you can't you can't speak to everyone in every conversation but for the people who have started businesses and have taken on that responsibility of earning their own income and creating opportunities for others you owe it to yourself to do that in a way that makes you happy and that's not idealistic is it it might take some work it might take a bit of Jesus, I've got myself into this situation and it's hell. How am I going to get into that? You know, that might take a bit of work and a bit of time, but you deserve, you owe it to yourself to start that process because life is short, isn't it? You know, and our, and we're, we work a large percentage of the time. It's really, really important to make sure that that work is fulfilling and, and joyful and, yeah, just when you said that, that feeling of waking up in the mornings, you know, or that Sunday night feeling, as soon as you start having that, you know, it's time to, it's time to change, isn't it? And just, just waking up in the mornings with that, that sense of freedom and space and joy and excitement, uh, you know, is just, is everything. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to acknowledge fear because it's going to be there. You know, no, you're not normal. You're not a normal human. If fear is not there and sort of knocking on your door and telling you about all the what ifs and all the, you know, the scary things that could potentially happen if you do kind of follow the, the whisperings of, what, of what's going on. So you know, if you're listening to this and going, but what if this and what if that, and I've got school fees and I've got the mortgage and I've got bills and I've got this and I've got food and it's really fine. And, and I think it's really important for you to kind of really get out every single fear that that's there and really like list them, like every single tiny fear, like, well, what I wouldn't be able to afford, you know, this, and I won't be able to do that. And what happens if this happens? Because I think the hardest bit is when we suppress it and push the fears down and dismiss them because they'll keep coming back at you, whether it comes back at you in, in an illness, in your dreams, in, um, you know, back pain, whatever that is, it, it's going to come back. So I just always say, like, address your fears, talk to them, give them a voice, let them have their say, because the minute you ha- let them have their say, I do believe they get quieter and they're not as like loud and shouty and you're able to kind of almost negotiate with them. You know, you're able to say, well, I totally hear you. It's almost like a two way conversation. It's like, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But what if I got curious? What if this cool thing happened? What if I I really did, you know, push this and, and really kind of like, you know, give it a go. And I do believe that when we are honest and we're not, you know, we are trying to be as authentic as possible. It is possible to move through the fears and start seeing, you know, options, opportunities, resources, people, support, like the thing, they do pop up, the, you know, those, these right people. And maybe, you know, someone that's listening now has been toying with the idea of, you know, starting their own business and they're listening to this podcast now. And it's like, maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is something that I can do. And I'm not, you know, if this person can do it, then I can do it. And I always say this to people, if I can do it genuinely, you know, the me three or four years ago, 
in a million years would never have thought that I'd be where I am right now. And actually, I was organising my office the other day and um, I was reading through some old journals. And I'm not like a daily journal writer. I'm really not. I typically write my journals when there's a lot of stuff going down. And I was reading, um, I was going through a big coaching programme. And some of the stuff that was coming out there, the me of four years ago, it was I was racked with self-doubt. There was absolutely no trust in myself whatsoever. My inner talk was just so derogatory and negative that I just would, I just, I was like a joke. I was like, I'd consider myself a joke. And I felt so sad reading back, but also like, look how far you've come. Like, I know I've got a lot further to go. Like there's loads of limiting beliefs I still have. But I look back and I think, okay, so that person, me four years ago, has got to where I am right now. Oh my mm. God, like anyone can do it. Where were you from four years? Four years from now, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. I, I did have, and what's weird is I didn't have the language for it, but I did have like these, this, the rules. I kept going back to that. Like, I want to work flexibly. I want to work from home. Way before the pandemic and you know, working from home was a thing. I want to have space. I want to have time for my self-care. And I, I did I have created that. So those kind of fundamentals that I stated in a genuinely, I didn't even know what space it was way before my diagnosis. I didn't know what space I wanted to work in. I just knew I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to work on my terms. I acknowledge loads of my ADHD traits. I acknowledge, yeah. I like, it was very like, you know, crude way. I'm like shit with money. I'm shit with this. <laughs> I can't do Excel. Um, I'm really flaky. Um, I change my mind all the time. I have loads of ideas, but don't know how to execute them. And I just wanted to kind of like take that version of me and go, poor you because you really didn't know what was going on and you just had such bad negative you know stories about yourself and self-beliefs that I just couldn't crack so I'm so grateful to have this ADHD awareness and then I see all these amazing ADHD entrepreneurs now that have this awareness so they can move through these stories and kind of go right we've got systems now we've got people like Amanda who can help us this is why I'm compelled to share even though I was saying to you before we hit record that it was it's it's hard like sharing about ADHD online is hard you attract a lot of um a lot of conflict a lot of people who want explanations and it's it's really exhausting but I'm compelled to share because for the you of four years ago and for the me of 10 years ago and the me of even five years ago like I want to help that person I want that person to know that it's not just them and they're they're not going mad whether they can afford a diagnosis whether they want a diagnosis um you know it's it's a real thing and and they deserve the support and the help to overcome it yeah absolutely amazing thank you so much amanda tell me what how do you work with people and how can people get in touch with you so the main way I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm still kind of working it out. I only sold the agency just before Christmas. The main way I'm working with people right now is one-to-one. -one. So through kind of power hour sessions where we just look at their business and, and their main kind of a very light version of looking at where they are now, where they want to get to and what their, what the, some of their rules might be or an ongoing kind of, I call it a sprint, but in, brackets I have a jog <laughs> um, like a three months because another thing is I'm currently going through the adoption process so we're just 
we're just about to adopt and so I also can't plan things hugely far in advance so it's it's just another thing for my brain to to kind of add into the mix um but I'm currently working with people on like three month stints and it's amazing the progress we can make in that time oh that's incredible well I'm just first of all I want to wish you so much luck with the adoption and amazing that you're kind of already starting to curate a, a business that I hope will support your family and that will be an amazing way that you sort of like do your thing in the ADHD space but then you've also got time you know to be a mum as well so exciting yeah. well thank you so much Amanda I'm going to put your details in the show notes so people can get in touch with you but I'm sure you you will have amazing um you know resources and help for, for lots of people who are thinking okay this is this is the little push I needed so thank you yeah. so much no, thank you and thanks for your podcast it's it's been a huge help a hugely helpful resource for me over the last year or so when I first found it so yeah thank you so much for for the work you do thanks Amanda Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you found what you were looking for in this conversation and it has helped guide you towards some further self-healing, self-exploration and most importantly, self-acceptance. And if you have enjoyed this conversation and would like to experience more of my work, such as access to exclusive live workshops and opportunities for group coaching sessions, connecting with other like-minded women and a general feeling of belonging, please come and check out my monthly membership, the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Collective. I've made it as affordable as possible, and I offer you lots of resources and opportunities for connection and support from other women all around the world being diagnosed with ADHD later on in life. I'd absolutely love to see you there. All the details are in this episode's show notes or on my website, adhdwomenswellbeing.co.uk. See you in the next episode.